Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of The Astroholic. I am Chris. And I am Alfredo, The Astrolic. Let's dive straight into some brand new questions from a couple of our listeners. Fantastic, let's dive in. The first question comes from Paulie Blogger on Twitter, who asks, Can you send something into a black hole, like a camera, or would it disintegrate? It's probably a stupid question, he then adds. Okay, first of all, no such thing as a stupid question. Because you clearly are curious about this. You clearly want to know. And it doesn't matter if uh, it's something that is obvious to me or to any other, or even if it's something that is super common and a lot of other people know, and this is definitely not it. So if you're curious, you should never feel bad for asking questions. And if somebody makes you feel bad for asking questions, let me know and I'm gonna go and beat them up. <laughs> the Astroholic is not advocating violence. Okay, let me know. I'm gonna go meet them and I will say something. <laughs> I will have stern words with them. No, I'm just gonna say something clever and devastating. Brilliant. Okay? Right. No violence. So, so. No, you cannot throw anything into a black hole. It will disintegrate. But uh, I think what is very interesting is the how. How can we work out what's in a black hole? Could we build up something that uh, might tell us something. Yes and no. So we need to understand uh, just how enormously dramatic uh, black holes are. So let's start by approaching a black hole. The gravity around a black hole becomes so intense uh, that even a person will start feeling, uh, and let's assume you're jumping in uh, feet first. The gravity on your feet uh, from the black hole would be different from the gravity in your head. And as you get closer and closer to the black hole, you will start getting stretched. Physically stretched? Physically stretched. Wow. This is a process called spaghettification. Sp Did an Italian come up with this? No, but there's a lot of uh, pasta-related terms in space. I've heard of noodles, space noodles. Space noodles, uh, there is uh, nuclear pasta, there's a lot. It's just that Italians are popular. Like pasta. Yes, so it's not, uh, it's not our fault that everyone loves us. <laughs> so, you're being stretched, and eventually you're stretched so much that uh, even the molecules in your body are broken down, and you're just a big cloud of hot plasma. And then you spiral in into the black hole. So far, there's no material that can survive that. I think we just got the potential first evidence for a collision between a black hole and a neutron star. And wow. a neutron star, what's inside the neutron star, this nuclear pasta that I mentioned, it's probably the densest, uh, uh, most incredible material in the universe. And we don't think anything like that, I think, survives uh, unscattered. I think some will be thrown out uh, and lose those properties. Uh, the rest will be sucked in by the black hole. There is nothing that we can build, as far as we can tell, that can survive the encounter with the black hole. Whoa. So, okay. how do we know about what's inside? 
maths, isn't it? It is maths. You should have seen the long sigh of like, oh, <sighs> is it it again? Yes, it is maths. My old nemesis. Well, his maths, his biology, his physics. Yeah, <laughs> you had. I have many enemies. Yeah, you've made many enemies uh, in your school school years. Thanks to the power of maths, we can sort of work out what the properties inside the black hole should be. And it still becomes complicated because black holes are surrounded by what we call the event horizon. Mm -hmm. Beyond that point, nothing can escape. Not even light, because beyond that point, the escape velocity that something should have to escape is larger than the speed of light. I know something that can escape. Love. No. If you jump in... <laughs> oh, Interstellar was wrong. Interstellar was wrong, but now there is an interesting thing uh, since you uh, mentioned love. So let's assume, let's go back, you jumping in. Me? You, Chris, jumping in. Ugh. You know what? You're gonna experience uh, dramatic forces and a lot of trauma and then you will be turned into plasma and that's it. But... Typical Saturday. Typical Saturday. But if I have a telescope and looking at, uh, looking at you, I will see the light emitted by you getting to lower, lower uh, wavelengths, the redshift that we mentioned a few episodes yeah, back. Yeah, I remember. And that light, uh, it will be there till the end of the universe. So, so looks there like be you like are... an imprint of me dying in space for yes. all eternity. But I can always look up at that. You could look at a photo. Oh. No, it's not cute. Okay, well, devastating. You well, you said love, and so <laughs> not nothing escape, black holes, not light, not love. Not me, apparently. Either. And not you. So, where were we with the question, though? I can't remember. No, um, me neither. Uh, maths. Yes, the power of maths. <sighs> so, everything we know is through maths, and there is this. Uh, barrier that stop us from actually physically seeing inside. The way we've been sort of peeking through are pretty much at the limits of our understanding of physics. One is gravitational waves, mentioned, they tell us quite a bit about the properties of black holes when black holes merge and how the gravitational waves are emitted and that's just by having very very good theoretical ideas what gravitational waves should look like. Another approach is something called Hawking radiation. So Stephen Hawking predicted that uh, black holes... Are they hairy? Yes, they're hairy. Yes. Can you remember that? <laughs> I just said it. Okay. Um, so I remember the... there's, uh, there was a picture of one and it just looked like, obviously, the stereotypical image of a black hole is just a big black circle. Mm -hmm. but. The edge of it was all fuzzy and hairy? Yes, the edge of it is at all fuzzy and hairy. So one big problem in physics is that general relativity and quantum mechanics, they don't work quite well. So general relativity tells us that when something crosses the event horizon, it's gone forever because nothing can escape the speed of light and all information at the most can move at the speed of light. Quantum mechanics instead is telling us that the information of any system can change, but uh, it cannot just disappear. 
So suddenly black holes in quantum mechanics are some sort of changing the entire properties of the universe every time they eat something. And so they are constantly changing the properties of the universe. Oof. And that doesn't sit well. So one idea suggested by Stephen Hawking was that over time black holes can emit radiation. And this happens because at the edge on the event horizon you can form particles and you can form particles in any bit of the universe. So you form, you get some energy and that energy turns into a particle and antiparticle and then those two, the particle antiparticle meets again and they disappear. So they create and destroy, create and destroy. Over and over again. Over and over. Okay. But at the edge of the event horizon, when that happens, one particle is taken in and the other one escapes out. And one in one out policy. Yeah, but by escaping out, you're taking away some of the energy. Mm. Oh, of so the some energy does escape from a black hole. Yes. Okay. But, uh, because of that. Yeah. And the idea was that uh, black holes uh, are a little bit hairy. So with that as well, we can sort of trying to work out some of the properties. We have some very good theoretical ideas, but the finer details of what black holes are like still elude us. So it's a work in progress, but I'm very uh, grateful for this question because I think black holes are extremely, extremely fascinating. They are absolutely mind-blowing. And I could be talking for hours about them. <laughs> Maybe we'll revisit the topic next season. On to our next question. Today's second question comes from James S. Piper Photography on Instagram, who asks, Will my addiction of the Milky Way ever go away? Well, based on your gorgeous picture of the Milky Way, I really hope not. But in general, I think it's, uh, I th I think it's something that uh, fascinates everyone. Why, why do we put so much uh, belief and fascination and so much of our culture based on the stars and this trip of light uh, across the sky. Primordial culture, I guess. Yeah, we... It's everything. It's everything for us. Uh, not everything in the universe, just a tiny little dot in the universe. Mm. But it's our tiny little dot in the universe. And seriously, if uh, you're a city dweller, like uh, fortunately we are now, go into the countryside, look up on a clear night sky and you'll see it and it's, it is breathtaking. And you're looking at a hundred billion stars and you're looking towards uh, a supermassive black holes uh, that weighs 4.6 million times our sun. You're looking at star systems, uh, planets, comets, nebula, all in our corner of the universe. I sincerely, sincerely hope that uh, this obsession, this addiction, as you call it, it never goes away for you or for anyone else. And I think it's so good to see. We know people that are doing great panoramas uh, with uh, gorgeous celestial phenomena from northern lights to 
meteor showers to the occasional comets we have panoramas with the milky way and i'm not just talking about professional observatories there is huge amount of people that just are so passionate it's just fantastic i always argue that astronomy is always been the oldest science because we were from our ancestral time always looking up in the sky calendars uh, things were devised based on space mm -hmm. so i th think this is why i enjoy so much talking about astronomy because it's so important so crucial so fundamental to human culture and i think people that take pictures and make videos uh, animation it's all make all those far away points of light uh, more real more tangible and sometimes uh, because we are in cities full of light we forget to look up and see the stars that was very beautiful <laughs> yeah i could have been a poet in another life it's good and it's important and i think you hit the nail on the head i don't think anyone's addiction to the milky way will vanish because throughout human history it never has yeah and uh, although light pollution it's a problem i like to believe that again the usual disclaimer if we survive the climate crisis we might get better at finding solution to make the night sky even in cities more authentic i miss the stars well, we'll take you out of London soon enough. Awesome. Thank you very much for answering our questions today. I hope you had a great time. My pleasure, as always. Cool. Well, everyone listening, join us next time for the season finale of The Astroholic <gasps> Explains. The season finale! The season finale. And guess what? I have something different planned. We are having a guest. See you next time. See you next time.